Hey, and welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy. Happy to have you back here today. The Black Health Academy is dedicated to the eradication of the most common chronic health challenges, which disproportionately impact marginalized communities of color. And our mission here is to promote, teach, and coach to a whole food plant-based lifestyle in order to help you get your body back in balance and in order to help you get your mind back in balance. And we do that through a plethora of plant-based education opportunities through our e-learning platform where we explore everything from the psychological components to making a significant life change to the physical things that are necessary to the tools that you need for support. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at theblackhealthacademy.com so that you can enroll roll into the academy and start attending our monthly first Saturday class so that you can get access to our e-learning platform, which houses hundreds of master classes on everything from how to get over a sugar addiction to how to reverse type 2 diabetes. So that's theblackhealthacademy.com. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please give us a like and a subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. A new episode drops every Wednesday of the month, and we drop a 60-second tip of the week every Friday. Um, now, in this episode that you're about to hear, it's all about why animal products are disease-promoting. So in this episode, I'm going to break down five ways that an animal-based diet increases the risk of disease. You may have heard a lot of rhetoric about the power of a plant-based diet, especially if you've been listening to us for quite some time, but what you may or may not be crystal clear on are the disease-promoting properties of eating animal products in the first place. So I'm going to break that down in this episode today. Enjoy. We've heard a lot about the power of a plant-based diet, especially if you've been hanging around in my ecosystem for any amount of time. You've more than likely heard me talking about the exceptional power that a whole food plant-based diet has on health, on disease prevention, on chronic health promotion. You've probably heard me talking a lot about the power of plants in this ecosystem that I live in. But what I want to share with you today is five ways that an animal-based diet promotes disease. And so some people, we know that eating less animal products is healthy, that it can be really beneficial for weight, for lifestyle diseases like hypertension and high cholesterol, different types of cancers. But what you may not be clear on is exactly why that is. So there are four components to animal products, or excuse me, five components to animal products that I want to share with you today that are disease promoting. Possibly more, but I'm going to go through the five major ones today that are disease promoting. Because, you know, when we are in love with something, we're looking for good news about it. We're like, Lisa, I don't want to give up my cheese. Like, nobody wants to give up fried chicken wings. Nobody wants to get rid of their shrimp and their lobster and their crab. You know, we, we, we love a good steak every now and then, many of us. And we're not even going to talk about the barbecues, right? We love some grilled meat. Um, on those major holidays, we want what, we're, what, what most of us were brought up on, right? Our mac and cheese, our turkey, our ham. And so being clear, crystal clear on 
the disease promoting effects of animal products can help you better understand why doing the hard work of eliminating the animal products out of the diet is going to be really helpful. Okay. And so I'm going to break down those five things right now, many of which you've heard of, um, but I'm going to help you put them into perspective on why consuming animal products is going to increase the amount of these substances in the body and possibly lead to disease. So the first thing that's present in animal products that makes them so disease promoting is saturated fat. Saturated fat is the unhealthy fat. So um, many of you have probably heard of unsaturated fat, polyunsaturated fat, monounsaturated fat. But and so those are the unsaturated fats that actually can be health promoting because we actually need healthy fats in our diet to thrive, right? Right up there with the other two macronutrients. We know protein, we know carbohydrates, and we know fats, right? Those are our three macronutrients. But when we, um, when it comes to that fat category, there is unsaturated and there is saturated fat. And so the first substance that's present in animal products that is disease promoting, and when I say disease promoting, it is not a cloudy line. It's a very clear line to increase risk of disease, and that is the constant consumption of saturated fat. So when we consume animal products, even when you take the skin off, so I don't want you to be under the impression that when you eat skinless chicken or skinless, um, you peel that skin off the salmon or you peel the skin off the turkey or whatever, that you're removing the fat. No, the saturated fat is present in throughout the, throughout the meat, um, and throughout um, animal byproducts too. So you get a lot of saturated fat in um, dairy products, for example. So it's not just the meat itself, it's the, you know, the meat byproducts such as dairy. And so the presence of saturated fat is the first substance in animal products that is disease promoting. And so if one of your health goals, for example, is weight loss, this saturated fat is going to pre prevent that. Um, another um, specific disease that is exasperated by saturated fat is going to be blood pressure. It's going um, because your the flow of your blood determines the pressure that your body has to apply to push it through your arteries. Okay, and so when we consume animal products, we're consuming so much saturated fat that it essentially aids in turning our blood into sludge, making the viscosity of our blood go up. What is viscosity? That simply means the how your blood flows. So if you think of honey, for example, we know when we pour honey out, it comes out slow, right? Almost gel-like. That is because honey has a high viscosity. And that's what happens to your blood when you're consuming animal products that has this high presence of saturated fat. It increases the viscosity of the blood, meaning it flows slower. And that's not what we want. We want the viscosity of our blood to be low. We want the viscosity of our blood to be low so that it flows easily and fluidly through our arteries to our heart, to our brain. And so the, sat the presence of saturated fat that is in animal products is going to cause your blood flow to slow down. It's going to increase the risk of hypertension. It's going to increase the risk of heart disease. Um, saturated fat has also been linked to things like Alzheimer's and other uh, forms of dementia. And so the presence of saturated fat in animal products 
um, is disease promoting. So that's number one. The second substance that's present in animal products that aids in disease promotion is going to be cholesterol. So this is a fun topic about cholesterol because a lot of my students, when they come into Farm to Table, my plant-based coaching program, um, they're like, you know, we know cholesterol is bad or, you know, I've been diagnosed with high cholesterol or, you know, someone I love has high cholesterol. But one of the things that most people don't know about cholesterol is that we actually need cholesterol to live. We need cholesterol to live, yes. Um, however, cholesterol is non-essential, meaning our body makes it. So all the cholesterol that we need to live is made by our liver. However, when we consume animal products, we're now consuming dietary cholesterol, meaning we're getting it from our diet, oftentimes way more than what our liver is producing. And this is what causes the diagnosis of high cholesterol. And this is what typically leads to the prescription of one of the most common drugs in America, which is a statin, right? When someone is diagnosed with high cholesterol, a doctor will, or healthcare provider will typically prescribe a statin to lower your cholesterol. Well, here's a fun fact. Do you know how statins work? Like if you have high cholesterol and your doctor prescribes you drug for high cholesterol, that statin works by literally impeding your liver's ability to make cholesterol because you won't stop eating it. Crazy. So one of the ways that consuming animal products increases our risk of disease is because we're now eating cholesterol because the mammal, the chicken, the turkey, the cow, whatever, the pig, make, their liver makes cholesterol as well. So you're eating the cholesterol but your, your own liver is also making it, and it's the combination of the two that causes your cholesterol to rise and increases your risk of heart disease, the number one cause of death in America. So that's the second way that animal products are disease-promoting, because we got to put some black and white um, understanding to this, because we can't just go run around promoting a plant-based diet and not having you know the words or the language or the black and white understanding of why animal products are so disease promoting right so i want to make it plain for you on today so one was saturated fat two is cholesterol dietary cholesterol and there are trace amounts of cholesterol in some plant-based foods as well like there's very trace amounts of cholesterol in nuts for example um, but when someone is diagnosed with high cholesterol, it ain't from nuts, <laughs> okay? It is from the eggs, the chicken. It's from the seafood. Seafood has a whole boatload of cholesterol. Most people, um, when they're considering maybe going more plant-based but not going full-on, a lot of people go pescatarian. So they say, you know what, least I'm just going to eat seafood and stay away from, you know, the pork or the cow and the beef. But um, lo and behold, seafood, yes, your your beloved shrimp, your lobster, your crab, your, you know, has a high presence of cholesterol as well. And so if you or someone you love is battling cholesterol issues, the very first and quickest way um, you can um, imply, or excuse me, um, first quickest thing you can do in order to get those cholesterol levels down is getting rid of all animal products including seafood, especially seafood, okay? Uh, don't let them fool you and make you think that eating, retaining seafood is healthier just because um, it sounds that way or has been touted that way, all right? So that's the second substance. The third substance present in, present in animal products, good morning, Sandy. <laughs> the third um, substance that's present in animal products that increases disease is hormones, okay? So, 
these mammals, especially most um, animals, so animals are housed in something called CAFOs, okay? Concentrated animal feeding operations. They're not on farms like you might want to think they are. They're not grazing these beautiful green grasslands before they're slaughtered for your consumption. Um, they're usually packed tightly in these CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding operations, okay? And there's like these giant warehouses and these animals are constantly, constantly being manipulated for growth. So there's a couple things that are happening here that's going to increase the amount of hormones that you're personally taking in when you eat them. The first is that in order to continuously supply the world with meat, we have to continuously impregnate animals. So we can't allow them to naturally mate, you know, date each other on the grassland, find each other, mate, make babies and grow at a natural rate until whatever. No, 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 no. There is a lot of manipulation that has to happen on the back end for us to never be out of beef, for us to keep steak constantly in the grocery store, for us to constantly have chicken in the grocery store, for there to be a constant supply of these animal products. There's a lot of manipulation that has to happen so that the animals are constantly giving birth. And one of those is artificial insemination. So a lot of times, especially cows, are artificially inseminated so that they're constantly pregnant. Cows specifically, um, the reason they constantly need to be pregnant is because cows are not only responsible for beef, they're also responsible for what? Milk, the milk you drink. Yes, that horrible, disgusting mucus <laughs> fluid that a lot of us consume or were brought up consuming. But the only way that a female mammal can make milk is they have to be pregnant. The only way their teats, their breasts, can make milk is they have to be pregnant. And so they have to constantly keep cows impregnated in order for them to produce milk, right? And so what happens to a mammal, a female mammal's body when they are pregnant? Well, us women know, right? Hormonal changes in the body. This happens to humans, to women when we get pregnant, of course, but it also happens with the animal. And so what happens is we then eat the animal or consume the byproduct of the animal. And now we're making milk, cheese, sour cream, coffee creamer, butter, ice cream out of the milk. And it's full of all of these hormones. The most prevalent hormone is going to be estradiol, which is a form of estrogen. And so when we're eating these animals, we are we're consuming the hormones. So what most people think about animal products and hormones is I'll just buy the hormone free meat. I'll just buy the chicken that's labeled as no hormones added. And so you're thinking if I get the hormone free meat that I'm not getting excess hormones and that is 100% false. The mammal makes hormones. Now. So you're getting the progesterone, the testosterone and the estrogen that naturally occurs in the mammal. And then you're also getting the hormones that are artificially injected into the animal right so that they can grow at a faster rate so that the the farmer or whatever can sell them okay so when you eat animal products you are getting excess hormones in the body whether you buy hormone free meat or not it still occurs naturally in the in the mammal right and so the reason this is disease promoting if it's not clear already so our bodies male and females naturally makes hormones as humans as mammals, but then we're now eating similar to the cholesterol that I used in, in number two, right? 
our liver makes cholesterol. Now we're eating the cholesterol from the animal. Same thing is happening here with hormones. Your body naturally makes hormones, right? But then also on top of that, you are eating hormones when you eat animal products. And what happens is a lot of diseases, especially different types of cancers or even um, fibroids, especially in the black community, are estrogen dominant, meaning like uh, many women, you know, millions of women are diagnosed with breast cancer every year. The, 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 one of the most common forms of breast cancer, there are many, but one of the most common forms is that estrogen dominant form, meaning the higher presence of hormones in the body. And that, the, that higher presence of hormones in the body, again, comes from two places. One, which your body naturally produces, and two, which you're consuming externally. So you can be consuming excess hormones from your plate by having an animal-based diet. You can also be consuming animal products through, I mean, excess hormones through medications. A lot of doctors will prescribe women birth control, for example. Lord, don't even get me on that. And for like to regulate a period or something else, that's insane. And then if you're overweight, being overweight also causes your body to produce more hormones. So you can see how the presence of hormones in your body can compound quickly through what you naturally make, what you're consuming, whether that be through food or medications, and but then also what your current health status is. Because if you're overweight, you produce more hormones than someone who's at a healthy weight. So animal products are going to aid in the amount of hormones that are present in your body. And when we have hormone dominant conditions, it's typically because of the constant consumption of these hormones over time, over time. Okay. So that's number three. All right. The fourth way that the consumption of animal products um, is disease promoting is carcinogens. All right. So um, carcinogens are cancer causing compounds, meaning, you know, you eat something and it has already scientifically data has proven that it links to it. It causes cancer. And so animal products consumes, um, excuse me, um, contains a bunch of carcinogens, especially processed meat. So processed meat is a type one carcinogen. And then you have some meat like beef, which is like a type two carcinogen. So processed meat being the um, packaged meat. So you got like your hot dogs, your sausages. Um, you have the meat that is present in like canned soups and, you know, uh, little packaged meals, frozen meals, um, you know, your processed like, like, uh, lunch meat and all of this stuff, right? So processed meat is a type one carcinogen. So that means it's not a correlation, is a causation. This is way, this is different. Correlation means it may or may not. Causation means it definitely does. All right. And so processed meat is a type one carcinogen. There's a direct causation and a link between we've, we've studied these cancers, and we know when people have a diet that's high in processed meat, high in, you know, meat, beef, pork, it increases the risk of cancer significantly. All right. And so this is um, so when you reduce when you not really reduce, when you remove animal products out of the diet, it significantly reduces your chances of cancer, period. 
When you remove animal products out of the diet, it significantly reduces your chances of cancer. Now, we know that um, there's a ton of different types of cancers, right? You know, blood cancers, you know, like organ can different organ-based cancers. There's all types of cancer, right? And we know the cause of cancer can be multifactorial. Everything from environmental exposure um, to some maybe small uh, genetic predispositions. But then we also know the biggest role is lifestyle, 100%. So it's what you eat is how you live. It has everything to do with how aligned you are in your life, like your emotional um, balance. It has to do with your stress, chronic, have, being in a state of chronic stress over years can also increase risk because it can lower the vibrational frequency of the body and different systems of the body. But animal products, in addition to all of that, we know consumption of sugar. So there are some plant-based things that increases your risk of cancer, like sugar. Let me be very clear, right? These things compound. So you have an animal-based diet, then you have a sugar addiction, then you're stressed out, right? Then you're um, emotionally unintelligent. You're, you have a low EQ. All of these things compound and snowball to increase your risk of cancer. Um, but meat contains those carcinogens, which are definitely going to increase that risk, all right? So that's number four. The fifth thing that um, in, that's present in, present in animal products that is going to increase the risk of disease is called AGEs, all right? This stands for advanced glycation end products, all right? So AGEs are body, they're formed in the body naturally, like when the protein or fat comes in, um, interacts with the sugar in your body. But AGEs also, we get them from food. So this is a very similar situation to the cholesterol and the hormone where it occurs naturally in the body, but then it compounds by what we eat, all right? And so AGEs, again, advanced glycation end products are harmful compounds that form typically when meat comes in contact with heat. So whether that's grilling, frying, roasting, um, when the meat comes in contact with heat, it ignites these AGEs and that adds the advanced glycation end products. It adds to what our body um, normally makes on its own. And there are harmful compounds that our body makes, but our body also has the ability to combat them with antioxidants. So the amount that our body makes naturally is usually insignificant. But when we eat animal products on a regular basis, we're now compounding those AGEs like significantly and we typically don't make enough or consume enough antioxidants to combat them. And so what happens when we um, these AGEs compound in the body? Oxidative stress. So this is an imbalance between oxidation and antioxidants. So we have oxidative stress. And then we also have inflammation. So one of the things you may have heard um, is like the benefits of like an anti-inflammatory diet, right? Well, that's what a plant-based diet is. It's an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, animal products are really inflammatory for all of the reasons I just named. So <clears throat> these AGEs, advanced glycation end products, are again, harmful compounds that um, are produced when meat comes in contact with heat, right? So it's like a, a chemical reaction that's taking place and then we eat the meat, 
All right. So this increases the risk of disease because it increases risk. um, It increases markers of inflammation in the body. And it also increases oxidative stress because most of us are not getting enough antioxidants through our plate and what our body naturally makes in order to combat the oxidative stress that's happening in our bodies, right? So those are the five ways that animal products are disease promoting. Saturated fat, cholesterol, hormones, carcinogens, and AGEs. Now listen, there's a couple other things I want to mention about animal products before I get off of here that also increases the risk of disease. One, animal products has the highest um, uh, probably occurrences of foodborne illness. And this is usually due to fecal contamination. So remember I told you earlier that animals are typically housed in like these big factories and they are all together meant to reproduce. The, the, the reproduction is artificially designed. Um, and so typically the increased risk of food contamination or foodborne illness comes from the contamination of the animals and the way they are um, housed and slaughtered for consumption. The most common source of foodborne illness is chicken, right? So the consumption of animal products is going to increase your chances of foodborne disease or illness. Another issue with um, an animal-based diet is you're more likely to be overweight. So when you adopt a plant-based diet, you are, because we know being overweight is a gateway disease. Obesity is a disease, y'all. It's not a, you know, it's not just a like bad luck. Like obesity is a disease. And so when you are consuming animal products because of the presence of the saturated fat um, and the cholesterol, and the absence, more importantly, in the absence of fiber and the absence of antioxidants is going to increase your chances for being overweight. Being overweight is a gateway disease. Remember I said earlier when I was talking about hormones that the more overweight you are, the more hormones your body naturally produces, right? And so when you're at the production of excess hormones is going to increase the risk of certain diseases with that excess hormone and hormones in the body. So being overweight is a disease risk in and of itself, all right? And um, I mentioned also that animal products are absent of fiber. Fiber is one of the biggest nutritional deficiencies in the standard American diet. Most people do not consume enough fiber, and it's the lack of fiber in the diet is where we start seeing things like uh, blood sugar uncontrolled, right? We, we start seeing weight issues uncontrolled, um, because of the lack of fiber in the diet is when we start seeing things with um, our gut and digestive health because we're not eliminating properly because we're, we don't have a vehicle, i.e. the fire, fiber, to escort waste you know, down through our digestive system and out of our body. So we're not eliminating properly, basically. And so animal products consume no fiber. Like if you eat mostly animal products, you have a mostly fiberless diet. And that is one of the most horrible things you can do for gut health for proper elimination and detox as uh, one of the you know worst things you can do for blood sugar control is not get enough fiber on a daily basis right and the final thing i want to say about animal products is another risk of an animal um, based diet is you run a very high risk of becoming antibiotic resistant so when one of the you know advances in medicine that we discovered many, many years ago was antibiotics, right? And so somebody, if somebody gets sick, they are typically um, prescribed antibiotics. But what happens when you eat animal products 
is because the animals themselves are constantly being given antibiotics, what has emerged is something called super germs. And these are germs that are, they're like these bugs or this form of bacteria that are antibiotic resistant. And so what happens is every time you eat animal products, you're consuming the bacteria in the meat, right? Our, our gut, our microbiome is made up of trillions of bacteria, okay? And when you eat animal products, you're consuming the bacteria that they consume and that their gut is made of. And their gut is partly made up of the antibiotics that were injected into them to keep them alive. Because when, um, you know, when people who sell these animals for a living, when their animals die, that's their product. That's money. And so they have to do everything they can to keep the chicken, to keep the cow, to keep the pig alive so that they can sell it. That's their livelihood. And so one of the ways they do that is by giving them a constant cocktail of antibiotics because they're packed so closely together. There's a ton, a ton of fecal contamination that happens in these concentrated animal feeding operations. And so that, that high amount of fecal contamination and their high amount of um, exposure to uh, toxins and disease, they have to be on a constant cocktail of antibiotics. And the antibiotics, um, when it, as you're eating meat day in and day out, year over year over year, you're creating resistance to antibiotics through these super germs that are these antibiotic resistant bugs. Does that make sense? Okay, so those are all the ways that animal products are disease promoting that I think are super relevant right now. Let's see, uh, Toya, hey Toya. Toya says, is this the same with seafood? Yeah, Toya. So um, if you can, uh, later save this video and go back and listen to the beginning when I talked about seafood a little bit, bit in the beginning. But seafood is also disease promoting, one, because of the high amount of cholesterol present in the seafood. So that's going to increase your risk for um, high blood pressure. It's going to increase your risk for heart disease. Um, but then also seafood also has one of the most or one of the highest toxic loads. Why? Because of our, the way we don't take care of our bodies of water, the way we don't take care of our oceans. And so um, you may have heard of like farm raised versus wild caught seafood, right? Um, and yes, yeah, so the, they, we also manipulate seafood in order to keep them alive, to reproduce, to reproduce them very, very quickly um, so that they, we can sell them for profit. Um, so seafood is not any healthier. I know a lot of us like to think that way, but unfortunately, uh, the presence of the toxins, especially things like um, hard um, metals, heavy metals, Toya, um, is present, really present in seafood. And then also the cholesterol that's really high in seafood as well clogs the arteries, increasing the chances for heart attack, stroke, heart disease. Um, and so the fat, the cholesterol also has been linked to some neurological um, conditions and diseases as well. Okay. Um, I don't see any other questions. Does anyone, before we hop off, have any questions about why animal products are disease promoting. So just a quick review, the things that I named today, if you're just tuning in, please go back and watch this um, again. But the real quick is saturated fat, cholesterol, hormones, carcinogens, and AGEs, advanced glycation end products. On top of that, we also have um, animal products are one of the highest sources of foodborne illness due to fecal contamination. They increase the risk of cancer. They lack any fiber at all, 
the animal products are 100% free of fiber. Um, it also, and then the saturated fat and the cholesterol slows the flow of blood. So that's why so many people have high, um, hypertension because our blood has turned into sludge because um, we're not eating enough of the plant kingdom to make sure the viscosity of our blood stays low. But then on top of all, all of that, we have the hormones and um, that are injected to the meat plus what the meat naturally produces. But then we also have the antibiotics that are given to the animal products to keep them alive, which then causes us as humans who eat the animals to be resistant to antibiotics. And so what that means from a healthcare standpoint is that if you do get sick or come down with something that requires an antibiotic treatment, it means that that treatment doesn't work. And now we have to experiment we got to really practice medicine. We have to experiment and try and find another workaround because your diet has caused you to be resistant to the treatment that we would have given you, which was antibiotics. And then the other issue when it comes with antibiotics, let me say this before we hop off, is so not only do, does eating animal products day over day, year after year, um, increase your chances of becoming resistant to antibiotics, but when you, when you have to take antibiotics in the first place from being sick, one of the things it does is it potentially destroys your microbiome. Your microbiome is your gut, and our gut houses trillions of bacteria. Some are good bacteria, some are bad bacteria. Well, antibiotics wipes out everything. And so one of the things that most people um, have to do when they come off of a cocktail of antibiotics is they have to go on this probiotic regimen, right? And the reason for this is because they now have to reflourish, replenish their gut with the healthy bacteria. Let me the, the gut is so important, y'all. The gut is so important. And that's why an that, that's why an animal product, an animal-based diet is so uh, uh, disease promoting because it lacks fiber. Fiber is one of the most beneficial things you can consume on a daily basis because it feeds the gut. It feeds the healthy bacteria in the gut. You guys have all heard of prebiotics versus probiotics. Probiotics are the bacteria themselves. Prebiotics is the fiber that they eat. Come on now. So you don't need to be on an external um, prebiotic, probiotic regimen, like stuff you buy off the shelf. You just got to eat right. You eat the fiber. That's the prebiotics. Like my students are required to consume 30 grams of fiber a day or more. That's the prebiotics in food form and its whole complete molecular structure. The probiotics are the bugs themselves. Okay. So the probiotics eats the prebiotics. And so it's the, the, um, the nurturing of our gut is so important because over 60% of our immune system is housed in our gut. Like our gut, our um, serotonin, when it comes to mental health, y'all, over 60% um, over of serotonin is produced in the gut, right? Serotonin is, what is that? The neurotransmitter that's linked to what? Depression and mental health. So when, we, when our gut is, it, our microbiome is wiped out, from an antibiotic regimen or unhealthy diet or for constantly having gut health issues, right? You know, I don't know, uh, Crohn's disease, diverticulitis, SIBO, all of these different, you know, uh, you know, celiac, different things are happening in our gut. We want to put all of our attention and effort toward restoring the alkalinity and the um, homeostasis in the gut. And an animal-based diet does the opposite of that. 
because of all of the unhealthy bacteria that you're eating through the animal, plus the antibiotic regimen that the animal was fed. Okay, so does that make sense? So if anybody's ever wondered, <laughs> what's wrong with me? There it is, all right? So what we're going to stop doing is thinking that as long as we just eat chicken and turkey and fish that we nailing it. Yeah, you're doing slightly better, but our mission is not to do slightly better. It's to be exceptional, um, is to you know be at our most optimal version of ourselves so that we can thrive. And so um, an animal-based diet is going, it increases the risk of chronic health challenges and chronic disease for all the reasons I just named. It also decreases life expectancy, okay? You know my mission is to increase the life expectancy of people of color um, and it also um, it increases your risk of being overweight um, and, you know, it's just a disease promoting diet. And so I hope that was helpful. I hope that was helpful. You know, it's not I want, what I want you guys to know is for, 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 for people who are new here is that this is not a, a veganism is superior platform. If you're just now starting to listen to me, this is not a. I'm better because I don't eat animals. This is a data-driven decision. This is a data-driven platform. Does that make sense? This is not I'm superior because I don't eat this. What I'm saying is I don't eat this because the data in the science shows that it increases my risk of disease and decreases my risk of a long life. And so I, I don't teach this content because I think it's just cool or superior. Like there's some plant-based stuff I don't eat. I eat based on what's going to increase my healthy life expectancy and make sure that I wake up feeling amazing every single day. I don't eat based on what's trending or what's not, right? And so my brain is my most valuable asset. And so I do everything in my power to feed it a diet that it's going to make sure my brain is thriving every day. All I sell for a living is my intellectual property, frameworks, curriculums, schools of thoughts and that I created out of my mind. And so an animal pro, animal based diet does not enhance my cognitive functioning. It decreases my cognitive functioning. Right. And I know that when that's the very first thing that happened for me when I became a plant based vegan. And so I want you guys to know that there may be, you know, radical vegans. There may be people who are a little more radical with their plant based lifestyle. Mine is 100% data-driven. It is not emotionally driven and it's not an ego-driven decision. It is a data-driven decision. And that's how I want you guys to make decisions in your health. If you find that eating some animal products enhances your ability to thrive and this is based off of... Um, this is based off of experimentation, meaning you've tried it without animal products. So you can't say I thrive here and you never did it any other way. You ain't doing nothing different. So if, this, if your decision to consume, to continue to consume into um, animal products is based on a data driven scientific decision, you don't got blood drawn, you don't got blood labs drawn and you believe that you truly operate at your best by eating animal products after testing, doing it without then go for it. That's on you, right? My decision, and when my students come to me, they've made the decision that they would, they they know a plant-based diet is most optimal for them and for their health, and they just aren't sure how to do it effectively. That's what I'm here. I'm not here to convince nobody. I don't ask anybody to work with me. You apply to work with me, right? So I'm only talking to the people who are interested in adopting this lifestyle because you now you are plant positive. It's what we call in my ecosystem plant curious versus plant positive. It's okay to be plant curious. That's what I do these lives for. That's why I have the Black Health Academy. I have a whole bunch of content for the plant curious. But when you become plant positive, meaning you truly believe in the power 
power of a whole food plant-based diet to help you achieve and become the most optimal version of yourself, work with your girl. Okay, because I'm going to get you there because even some animal product, I mean, even some plant based products, I tell you to take out of your diet, like oil, like sugar. Like it's not as long as it's not an animal is healthy conversation. It's what does the data show? So I don't even eat sugar. So do I eat vegan dessert? Nope. Not if it's made with sugar. I don't. Not if it's sweetened with dates, if it's sweetened with fresh, you know, ripe fruit, if it's sweetened with maybe some maple syrup every now and then. Yeah. But do I make data driven decisions? So I'll have you take some out of your diet. Like there's a big debate about oil. I tell my students, no oil. Oil is vegan AF. (laughs) Okay. So this is not a all animal products and then everything else is good conversation. This is what is, what should we be consuming to make sure we are thriving physically, mentally, intellectually on a daily basis, right? And it is the raw materials from the earth, the fruits, the vegetables, the whole grains, the nuts and seeds. Oil does not grow out the ground, y'all. Oil is extracted from a plant and then we consume it just like sugar. No, 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 no. We're going to eat the olive. We're going to eat the whole coconut. We're going to eat the whole avocado. We're not about to eat all the oil that's coming from it because we've just done concentrated the saturated fat. We don't concentrated the fat without getting any of the substance. The vitamins, the minerals, and the fiber that's in the olive, that's in the avocado, right? So listen, I teach from a science-based perspective. So this is not a radical, you know, like in-crowd conversation, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you that you're a horrible person if you eat animal products. I'm telling you to make data-driven decisions, all right? And so that's the standpoint we come from over here. This is going to be, um, 2022 is going to be my last year teaching my plant-based coaching program, Farm to Table. So if you're interested... And adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle to achieve optimal health so you can live a life of radical obedience, you need to get your tail up in front of the table for my final semester that I'm teaching. It is a group coaching program, um, 10 weeks. This final semester is going to be October 1st to December 3rd on Saturday mornings. So this uh, fall will be on Saturday mornings for two hours, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. EST. So if that schedule fits for you logistically, then I will invite you to apply for Farm to Table. It is an application process. There is a whole interview process um, to see if you're a good fit um, for the program at this time. So that's lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply. LisaAngelSmith.com forward slash apply to apply for Farm to Table for this fall semester. We're already at 40% capacity. Um, so we're about to rock and roll uh, for my final, final time teaching uh, Farm to Table. And then I'm going to focus full time on my coaches and health professionals that I certify in plant-based nutrition in my certification of other 23. But Listen, Farm to Table is for you if you like what you heard and you understand now how animal products are disease promoting, then go ahead and go to lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply. And that's all I have for y'all today. Take care.